This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. My name is Stephanie T. Badgie Norris. I graduated from Suffolk University Law School in May of 2011. I was admitted to the Massachusetts State Bar in November of 2011. My article, Twitter Right, Finding Protection in 140 Characters or Less, was published in the spring edition of the Journal of High Technology Law, and it can be found at jhtl.org. In the article and in this podcast, I examine whether the current U.S. copyright statute provides sufficient protections for Web 2.0 creative tools, namely Twitter. In a world where more and more people are creating in the cloud rather than on a pen and paper, the issue of whether sufficient protection exists in the United States is growing. Copyright has several basic thresholds for protection. First off, there's fixation. Work has to be fixed in a tangible medium of expression. So in theory, as soon as you put something down in that tangible medium, it's copyrighted. So in the era of Twitter, as soon as you post it, it's technically fixed. Then there's the originality. It used to be sweat of the brow, meaning whatever work you did, it was a very low standard. But in 1991, the Supreme Court passed Vice v. Rural, which seemed to call for something a little bit more than just mere compilation of facts. So instead, the court said they wanted to look at the selection, the coordination, arrangement of compilation of facts to determine whether or not there's sufficient creativity to find originality. There's also the idea-expression dichotomy, which courts don't want to chill future creation, so a simple idea is not copyrightable. Instead, you gain copyright in the expression of that idea. And if your idea cannot be separated from the expression, then you can't get copyright. That's called the merger doctrine. Another area where you cannot gain copyright protection is in the description of a doc scene. They cannot be removed from the public domain. The idea is that we want to keep as much as possible in the public domain so that we can continue creation. And finally, and which ties into Twitter, the Copyright Office has said that they will not provide protection to names, titles, or other short phrases. There must be an appreciable amount of text. However, in 1988, the Applied Innovations Court had said that short statements in a scientific study were copyrightable. And then again in 96, the Religious Technology Court said it dicta that short phrases like haikus and musical works would be protectable. So this ties into the current Web 2.0 era because Twitter is consisting of 140 characters. So the idea is that that's as short as a haiku. So it's perhaps that names, titles, and short phrases in this new era may find some protection. Let me just explain exactly what Twitter is. It's a microblogging site created in 2007, and it allows users to post statements in 140 characters or less. It's basically the most popular and one of the more current examples of Web 2.0 publishing. In 2009, there were 2 million tweets being posted a day. In 2011, there's 200 million being posted a day. So there's quite a bit of creation happening in this medium. As far as hurdles go for gaining copyright protection in Twitter, it's kind of a twofold look. First, why do we even want to provide protection? A Rutgers study in 2010 estimated that 80% of tweets are mundane status updates about a person's moment-to-moment life, basically. Right now, I'm brushing my teeth. And obviously, that's not what copyright law is intending to protect. However, there are many tweets that are going up that are sufficiently original to cross the originality hurdle. These are tweets that describe events in a creative manner. They can be song lyrics. They can be lines of poetry. There are a lot of artists that are currently using Twitter to publish their art in a new form. Additionally, in addition to being original, there is the length hurdle. So obviously, given the medium, you can only have 140 characters to tweet. 
So that is an issue. But as I was explaining previously, under applied technology and religious technology standards, it's possible that these short sentences would be protected perhaps as a haiku. So in short, you cannot seek protection simply because you're tweeting. And why would you even want to do that? There are so many tweets out there that simply don't rise to copyright notice. However, when you post an original line of poetry or song lyrics or some other creative short work on Twitter, these are the types of things that the U.S. Constitution, where our copyright statute is derived from, had in mind. It's the protection of creators to promote further creation. Web 2.0 applications allow the everyday user to create their own works online and share them with millions of other people. The copyright issue is a bit clearer when we're talking about people posting original videos on sites like YouTube or blog posts or any sort of more traditional form of art just simply online. But copyright 2.0, as it applies to some of these new sites that deal with microblogging like Twitter, it's a little less clear because users are creating micro-creations and lengths of work that were not typically considered protectable. On its own terms of service, Twitter claims that users own their content and they simply grant Twitter a license. That means when you post something, according to Twitter, it's yours, you own the copyright, and the act of posting is giving a license to Twitter to keep it up there, to use it on their main page, things like that. However, while sophisticated users may realize that Twitter's terms of service are not binding on the court, there's certainly a concern that less sophisticated users, if you will, may not realize that simply because Twitter says you own something doesn't mean you necessarily do. These terms of service must be viewed within the context of actual copyright law. And of course, since there has not been a sufficient test case yet, there's a very large discussion on whether or not there will be protection if someone were to bring this before the court. Perhaps the greatest misconception about anything you post on Twitter is that because it's published, it's copyrighted. This isn't true. Again, referring back to the Rutgers study, 80% of tweets are what they named me-formers. Me-formers are posting simply relating to what the person is doing, feeling, something about themselves, something about me. These are not necessarily sufficiently creative to gain copyright protection. Now, of course, I could describe something about myself in such a creative way that I meet all of the traditional thresholds of copyright and it's copyrightable. However, the idea is that 80% of what's going up on Twitter are simply, I'm walking outside right now, the door is blue, things like that that would not be copyrightable alone. Additionally, with Twitter, there's the stock scene concern, and as previously stated, courts traditionally have declined to protect historical facts and stock scenes. While a specific expression of these may be protectable, they're not protectable on their own. A very high number of tweets fall into this category, like everyday accounts of things that are happening. Specifically, following the earthquake in Haiti, there were millions and millions of tweets posting what was happening there. Those necessarily wouldn't be copyrightable because these are simply descriptions of historical facts, things that are happening as they're happening. Haikus relate to Twitter, and the idea that haikus would be copyrightable relates to Twitter because of the length. Haikus are traditionally very short poems, three-line poems, and they can be protectable. Specifically, the court in religious technology noted in dicta that a haiku would be a protectable short form of art. Similarly, a tweet, which was 140 characters, could even be formed into a haiku or could be the same length as a protectable haiku. So the argument is that if there is sufficient creativity, it doesn't meet any of the other barriers to copyright protection, then the length alone under the haiku theory should not be a barrier to tweets being protected. 
if a Twitter user wanted to copyright their updates, one way they could do it simply is by going the traditional route and trying to publish a greater length of work. To do this with Twitter, they could simply take all of their Twitter updates, compile them into a book, and publish it as a compilation of their tweets. Compilations are traditionally copyrightable if they're sufficiently original. That would be under Feist, so it can't just be a simple listing of facts. In Feist, that was a phone book. But in a compilation of tweets, if they're all sufficiently original tweets compiled together to create a sufficiently original book, that would be a traditional route to gaining copyright protection for tweets. Of course, that would be a way to circumvent the issue of whether or not tweets in their online form would be copyrightable. That would be a way of pursuing the more traditional printing a book, releasing it to the public way of gaining copyright. This has actually been done with a couple of books now. The tweeters have compiled their tweets, posted them. One of them was even, it was a New York Times bestseller that eventually went on to become a television show, and that was simply comprised of tweets. So there has been some movement in gaining copyright protection for this medium. There's certainly a very strong argument to be made that Twitter's a fleeting technology, and most of the information there isn't worthy of protection, and it's an argument that the legal world simply shouldn't be having. However, microblogs are just the latest incarnation of a new form of digital authorship, and the courts are going to be forced to examine it sooner or later. Our Constitution calls for a law to promote the progress of science and the useful art. If our current arts are found in 140 characters or less, then perhaps we need sufficient protection to assure continued creation in this medium. While we still must ensure that the public domain is not being shrunk down by overzealous protection, Providing protection to Web 2.0 technologies is essential if Congress and the courts are to continue promoting the useful arts. Twitter is just the most publicly visible example of major Web 2.0 technology for which copyright law is an issue. But going forward, we could see countless numbers of other similar technologies with microblogging that could eventually become a copyright issue. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.